Hello and welcome back to Dial H for Hero Clicks. This episode, we're going to do a generic gallery on the soldier keyword. We're also going to do a Silver Age value corner and a hidden gem and answer some listener questions. This is episode 370. Howdy, howdy, let's get rowdy. So if you're looking for emotional satisfaction, my advice to you is seek professional hero clicks. No. Are you serious? Again? How many people even play this game? Like the hundred? Instant deadpan humor. Oh, how they, six uh, people think I am funny. It's the hard day's work. Not that you know anything about that. Which absolute fools. It's not witcher nonsense. I'm gonna make hero clicks like that forever. Are you kidding me? <laughs> hey, Google, back some Let's attack him because he's a jerk. Wow, wow, wow. IOH for Hero Clicks is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day, including all the latest Hero Clicks singles and seal products. Make sure you check them out at CoolStuffInc.com. Remember, use code DIAL5, D-I-A-L-5, for 5% off your order. Joining me in the studio, like always, is the Dial H for Hero Clicks champion, the Billion Clicks Bruce. What's going on, Simeon? Oh, yeah. Hey, Calder, you remember last week when I told you uh, about this party I was going to go to and how it was going to make me happy. Yeah. It didn't. Oh, no. It went no. fairly south. Um, yeah. Billion Clicks did indeed make his appearance and uh, turns out not a good actor. Not great dressed. You could say wow. didn't win either of those titles. Also... Because I was playing a millionaire, I gave away almost like all my money pretty willy nilly in character, right? Because you have so you have fake money, right? Uh, for these yeah. like events, uh, to bribe and get information and stuff. So I gave away most of my money because I was a millionaire who is, you know, giving it like he's just like, ah, like a right. tip for a drink. How about $50? Because I sure. don't know what money's worth, like that kind of thing. Right. Turns out one of the other prizes you could win is having the most money at the end. And I was like, well, technically, Son of a gun. <laughs> technically my character what? still has like 600 million. Yeah, right? check his bank account, loser. Right? I was like, I just win that by default, right? Yeah. Uh, but no, apparently that's not how they ruled it. So, so yeah. This is a load of barnacles, just saying. Next time, I want to be the murderer. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. That would be fun. That'd be fun. It gets you on edge the whole night. Uh, so clearly that did not make you happy this week. What did make you happy this week, Simeon? So what made me happy this week is in preparation for the 4th of July, my work decided to give us a little kickback. We got to go to a place called Rothskellers. I don't know how to pronounce mm, it. It's intrigued. a... German Beater House, and I think that's spelled with an I in there somewhere. But uh, mm. yeah, it's just really good food. Um, they've got like that beer cheese, pretzels, multiple types of sausages, including like venison and elk, and uh, you know, just random kind of stuff that you don't find in most like pubs. Um, but yeah, just a lot of fun, a lot of really good food. Uh, I would say good people, but if you knew the people I worked with, you'd understand that's just lying. So uh, there sure Dang. were people that showed up. <laughs> Dang. All right, Simeon. All right. 
Uh, cool. I like that your work's idea of a 4th of July thing was take you to a German restaurant. Uh, very interesting of them patriotic, to do. if you will, yeah. Yeah, super patriotic. Uh, well, patriotic in one way, I suppose. Patriotic does not necessarily mean American patriotism. Uh, what made me happy this week, I went to uh, a play earlier this week, Godspell. It was at the same dinner theater that I did a play with last year, so it was good to see a lot of the same uh, cast and crewmates on the show I did last year. Ironically, it's also a murder mystery show, to tie that in with a little bit with the show already. Um, but yeah, it was really fun seeing everybody uh, in the show everybody because it didn't really matter what clothes our characters wore they all had uh superhero t-shirts on which is really sweet so we had like spider girl or sorry spider gwen excuse me ghost spider whatever bat girl uh shazam not the flash i realized because there was no yellow circle around it captain america of course um one of the characters was eddie brock which fit perfectly um sadly superman um and then there was also you know captain america i probably already said that one uh the weirdest one was like doctor strange so like the symbol that his window is for the um what's this sanctum sanctorum or whatever yeah that was yeah, like the symbol on this deep shirt yeah it's like how huh. yeah that oh, was really strange um how that made me happy. Strange always dresses like his house with, his, with that yellow bright yellow t-shirt with his house symbol on it the little window um, but another thing, and this is like a quick mini Patreon side tangent story. So this is actually a few weeks ago, but I realized I didn't say it on the podcast. So when I was doing my grocery shopping, I saw that someone had left a single banana on the rack with the bread. And I said, ah, yes, this is the banana bread people must be talking about as a joke. I'm not some fool who's never had banana bread in their entire life. I know what banana bread is, but I said it as a joke because, yeah, it's banana by the bread. It's hilarious. Two different members of our Patreon messaged me with their hot opinions, their hot takes on banana bread. Simeon, can you guess which two members felt so passionately about banana bread? If I know someone that's passionate and a Patreon member, I'd have to go with our super fan of the year, Chance McCall. That is one of them, so you are correct Okay. Uh, on okay. one side. Oh, man. The next, that's a that's a tough one because I, I really want to say uh, it could be a couple different people depending because I, I don't know their personal lives or how attached they are to a banana bread, but I'm going to go with Alex. You have, you've hit the nail on the head, Simi. It was indeed Alex and Chance <laughs> McFall. Yes. So Alex nice. uh, messages me first at like, geez, what time is it? Uh, do, do, do. Okay, okay. So he messages me at 8.21 p.m. For real, though, unless you really hate bananas, and even then, it's not a super banana flavor. It more mutates into something else. You should try banana bread, right? <laughs> and then Chance McCall says, uh, oh, this is actually... 30 minutes before um, he said it, he said, banana, so he simply said, banana bread is gross. <laughs> and I was like, ah, yes. That sounds exactly like the Chance McCall I know. Yes. Yeah. It was great. And then obviously these conversations went back and forth uh, for no, a I while. I just need hot but, takes uh, on carrot cake. Yeah. Here we go. Now, here's the thing is, I like bananas and I like banana bread. I don't like carrots, but I like carrot cake. Yeah, you know, so I really, it's yeah, it's great. Cream, cream cheese, cheese frosting, frosting. yeah, it's, 
we see how our brains are wired the same there we instantly were like ah the cream cheese frosting <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all about yeah. the frosting on the carrot cake <laughs> it's true uh, it's true but no i oh but no, no it was great maybe yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed banana bread if it's made it's well which i've it's never good. had one that wasn't so I, i've never once had a bad banana bread except for okay another pet peeve um People that put nuts in banana bread. Mm. Soft, soft doesn't need crunchy. Same thing with like nuts and brownies. Soft doesn't need crunchy. You can put chocolate chips in banana yeah. bread. Yeah, it's just I don't care for it. It's not the world's biggest thing. I just don't like it. You know, personally, soft food doesn't need to have like crunchy molar breaker somewhere randomly inserted into it. You know, there's no need for that. I, I will but, take uh, a chocolate chip in the banana bread. I'll take a chocolate chip in the yeah. banana bread every day of the week. But all right, that's, that's enough about non-HeroClicks-related anything. Since there is no news this week, we're just going to go ahead and jump into our patriotic 4th of July-themed generic gallery. Why should you care? Keywords. 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 So why should you care? Keywords. It's only game. Why do you have to be mad? Celebrity, police, past, and scientist, assassin, soldier, spy, tinker, tailor. No, they, they're not in there, but you know, you get it. Like every generic gallery, we're going to take a generic keyword. This one, we're going to do soldier. Uh, one of us is going to be making a 300 point modern theme team. The other one is going to do like a 400 to 500 ish golden age or silver age theme team. Simeon, you have the 300 modern team this week. Who is on your team, my man? I do indeed. So for those watching on YouTube, you can follow along, which is uh, something new that we're trying here. Yes. Um, yes. So the 300 modern team, I had trouble with this because I haven't been building for competitive for a while, but I think I built a fairly competitive team. Uh, also, before anyone says... X-Men Rise and Fall isn't modern. It will be in, like, less than a month. So, I mean, hopefully less than a month. So, uh, we know what the figures do. It'll be it'll be modern by the time some people go back and listen to this episode. So, first up on the modern team is Emperor Gladiator, which is the Super Air Prime from X-Men Rise and Fall. Nice. Potentially one of like five characters worth getting in the set. Very impressive that he just, you know, broke all the ranks and decided to make his own stand and be an impressive figure in an yep. otherwise completely depressing set. Uh, but Emperor Gladiator here comes in at 100 points on this team, which is a huge investment. Um, Similarly, if you have a problem with Emperor Gladiator, you could go with the Prime Punisher War Machine, also Soldier, also a huge heavy attacker. Uh, but what makes Emperor Gladiator different is, of course, the top dial pen damage and pen reduction, which is just huge. Uh, not just pen reduction, but also uh, the ability to make the Shi'ar soldiers. If you listen to our last episode, our last couple episodes, we've gone into detail about this guy. Um, and if you're watching on YouTube, then you, of course, can see the dial and read the traits. Uh, but the big thing with this guy is getting those confidence tokens, so you want that first hit. Luckily, he has a 15 square reach on his own, so pretty easy to cross the map and hit somebody if you're going for that. Um, 
on this team, I could have put Miles O'Brien. So shout out to Miles O'Brien for a soldier theme TK. I just didn't think for 50 points he brought enough to the table other than TK. And I went a different, a slightly different route with the team instead. So next up on the team, got Emperor Gladiator, who has a 12 for 4. We really want to hit. That's basically it so far. We also have a natural prob on Emperor Gladiator. Uh, so next up was Spider-Man 1776. He makes Soldier Keyword gain the Spider-Man Family Keyword. I wasn't using the Spider-Man Family Keyword. I was sticking to Soldier for this whole team. Uh, alternatively, you could add some like Marvellas, some whatever Spider-Man Family stuff kind of spice the team up a little bit in that respect but he's got a perplexed top dial he's got traded leadership and super senses and then he's got the spider-man uh team ability which gives him what is it not wild card why do i always call it wild card uh team player that's what it is <laughs> gives him team player so he can copy uh one of the other team abilities not emperor gladiators though uh, but yeah everybody knows what spider-man 1776 does uh he's going to limit action totals when he hits and opposing characters within six squares can't use leadership or autonomous so that'll help a little bit uh mostly using him for the perplex the leadership and the minor ability to kind of limit my opponent's actions so Emperor Gladiator doesn't get out-actioned. And then next up, I think as a surprise to Calder, uh, is the Super Scroll from Fantastic Four. A terrible character with the, the soldier keyboard. Calder just hates this character. No, Super Scroll being really point efficient for 50 points, having a 50-50 shape change top dial, um, the ability to choose two sets of powers between Invisible Woman, Mr. Fantastic, The Thing, and Human Torch. Um, this gives me access to sidestep right away. So if I was going, if I were to uh, mitigate some of the points for my team and add equipment, this would allow me to bring it back to my starting area um, without needing a TK, which is pretty decent. But alternatively, it just gives me a probably the best 50 point uh, secondary attacker that also has like a huge defense boost. I don't think there's a better 50 point defense than Super Scroll with a 50 50 rollout, the ability to choose two other rollouts potentially. It's just really big. Um, but yeah, for 50 points, he is mostly there for my sidestep and he's got flight, so that helps. And then from Fantastic Four Future Foundation, I have two, count them two, of the uncommon human torches. So these are the scroll human torches that have running shot, energy explosion, barrier, and then ranged combat expert. So they're naturally a 10 for 3, and then ranged combat expert bumps that up to an 11 for 4, making these guys for 30 points just really really solid attackers i'll mostly though be using them for that barrier to keep my emperor gladiator uh nice and healthy as long as i can um alternatively if i'm using equipment this helps against scarabs because i can box in my own equipment um if i 
decide to like move out and grab it it helps me barrier in so that like if i'm playing against an alpha strike team i'm playing two of these human torches so i've got two sets of barrier for at least two turns and then i've got two leaderships so quite the potential to pull uh tokens off of these guys as well yeah. uh, they do have scrolls team ability but sadly no shape change on dial so it's only gonna be on the six and that brings me up to 260 points and to fill out the team the only real problem that i think this team runs into now because it's a bit of a slow moving team again you could fit uh miles o miles o'brien i think his name is you could fit miles o'brien Oh, it's right there. Yeah. You could fit this guy on the team. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see uh, sidestep TK for 50 points. That's pretty much all he does. He gives uh, shaped or super senses to adjacent friendlies, but you could fit him on the team for 50 points. Uh, I'm not doing that because I just didn't think TK was as necessary for the type of build that I was going for. Human Torch gives me two sets of barrier and... It would have been a problem with no Indom prior to the rules change, but now two sets of barrier for 30 points, pretty solid when they're also rocking 11s for four. Uh, yeah, so the basics of this team is moving up the field with everybody, Human Torches barriering everyone in, keeping them safe, and then I've got Peggy Carter as my last figure, common from the Captain America and the Avengers set, not a terrible attacker, can push to click two, uh, not push. She can take one unavoidable uh, to get to click two and have running shot precision strike with an 11 for three. But the main thing that I'm using her for is the shield team ability and the outwit. So with the shield team ability, I'm increasing Emperor Gladiator's range by one when I carry her, and I'm not decreasing his speed. So he's still running for seven and shooting for nine now. Um, alternatively, if I played a little slower, I can use her outwit to get rid of like a shape change or super senses that I don't want to have to deal with, uh, which is pretty solid. Um, the only thing I would change about this team is maybe including a power gem, giving Emperor Gladiator an instant thirteen for five or thirteen for six top dial is pretty impressive um i chose not to do any equipment or extra stuff on the sideline because i think that this team is pretty close to being like universally changed if you wanted to make additions or subtractions there's a lot of good stuff in this team i think these human torches are very underlooked and speaking of underlooked that'll bring me to the hidden gem of soldier keeper so similar to the human torch how he is a 30 point just stellar 30 point worth of stats um, and powers uh, not like these newer sets like x-men rise and fall where some characters don't have any powers on their dial or you know they'll be missing entire defense or damage slots how gross uh, why would you pay more than 30 points for something that's doing something like that. No, this character that is the hidden gem, uh, let's see here. Also scrolls team ability. So also shape change on a six, which occasionally Ooh. works. 
But this character has charge, super strength, 17 defense with invulnerability, and 3 damage with close combat expert. So the thing, the scroll thing for 30 points is rocking a 5 square move with an 11 for 4. Pretty solid top dial. Again, it's only got that rollout, but invulnerability, also pretty solid power nowadays. It's 5 clicks deep. So you also have like the ability to not get KO'd in one attack um, unless you're facing against somebody that has just stat-boosted pen damage. But yeah, I think for 30 points, a solid investment. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to playing a swarm of the Thing and Human Torches with like a decent taxi because I think the Thing, for 30 points, an 11 for 4 with super strength, pretty solid uh i don't know i think that i think the damage is there you've got knockback if you want to but yeah i mean he's not too slow he's not uh he's not breaking any molds or anything he's just a really solid figure for the points yeah i think it is really good i mean the damage output is there it's awesome these scrolls definitely got like the biggest boost from uh from the rules change it would look like like that's pretty awesome Wow. All right. Uh, so my team is going to be 400 points golden age. And this is more really leaning into the 4th of July theme of everything. So it's a very, very casual, not amazing team, but that's kind of the point of it. The point is really just to put as many 4th of July stars and stripes characters on one team with, with some team building aspects, I suppose. So kicking us off is going to be Colonel stars and stripes for straightforward dial. Uh, the best thing about the soldier keyword is there's tons of leadership within it. So he's got a special damage power, which is just shape change and leadership for the first three clicks. Starts as a pretty okay ranged combat attacker, being running shot 10 for three, five range. Goes on to being a, a not too bad uh, close combat attacker. I really dig the, uh, the instant uh, charge quake and then some of the flurry blades outwit he gets later on in his style. Having an above average dial, and also Eisenhower, I don't know if you looked that up, but uh, Eisenhower can just go ahead and be brought into the game. If not, uh, they have the, I think they have duo attack. Yeah, they have the duo attack ability when Eisenhower uh, is still on the base, which is pretty nice. So anyone with duo attack, I always like. Uh, next up, kind of what's in you that, Spider-Man 1776. This one, yo, he's the general that founded a nation. You can't, you can't not play this dude on July fourth. You yeah. know, July fourth, seventeen seventy six, for the signed Declaration of Independence. July fourth like, is celebrating seventeen seventy six. So yeah, exactly. So yeah. gotta, gotta have him. Gotta have him. Uh, we'll go ahead, skip to Guile or Giel, however, whoever wants to say it. Now he is, he is useless. I, I will tell you this. He is a cool looking fifty points, and that is all he brings to the table. The Street Fighter team ability is a power action to move three squares and make a close attack, which is uncopyable, which is just so useful for this team. Um, it is going to be the best form of movement attack he has, because otherwise he has Flash Kick, which is a power action to only move one square and then make a close attack with a locked damage value of one, and then the hit character gets an action token. So it's basically in-cap, and you deal them one damage. It's that really bad. so would, bad. Oh, it's terrible. Um, he gets some late dial pen blast, where his stats go back up to a 10. He has a average attack value of 9 throughout his dial and an average of 2 damage. It's 
he's a bad figure, but he's a really cool looking 50 points, and he's a he's an Air Force veteran. Uh, Ameridroid, a little, little quick 15 point dude here. He has that retail. If you don't know who Ameridroid is, he has basic retail, but he targets all characters within two squares. All right, so. He makes a close attack targeting the chosen character and then all the characters that are within two squares of that character. Uh, then each character is dealt three damage instead of normal damage. After actions resolve, he gets to place the chosen character, so the one who made the attack, the one who triggered his retail, in any square within six squares in line of fire of a Maradroid. And obviously a Maradroid's a giant. So the cool thing about this is he has close combat expert. So now he'll probably actually hit with his retail. Before it didn't matter if he hit or not. But with a 10 attack instead of a 9, that gives him a little bit of a better chance to hit. Uh, the 4 damage doesn't matter since he only deals 3 damage to everybody. So that's fine. Um, yeah, being able to toss him can help characters like Guile, Giel, whoever, Colonel Stars and Stripes, stuff like that. So where you don't necessarily need to have a TK, but you just have somebody toss somebody somewhere else. And now they're in a better position for Colonel Stars and Stripes to duo attack or for Giel to... Uh, do his power action move three squares, or even within his amazing four range, you know? So it's it's a little give or take, but it does give the team a little bit extra mobility. Uh, of course, we have to have Captain America on the team, so we're going to be playing the ABPI Rare Captain America without the Time Gem. Also has leadership on this team, so that is our third leadership on the team so far. Uh, he can choose between ESD and Energy Shield, uh, sorry, ESD or Combat Reflexes, so at the beginning of his turn, which is pretty sweet, or for free. Uh, and then he has charge, running shot, sidestep. So he is going to be our main attacker on this team. He has the best reach. It's really solid. Uh, and of course, like I said, he's just got a pretty good size dial. He goes on a charge. A lot of charge quake, man. These soldiers sure do like to charge quake after they're done running shotting, it would seem. But yeah, I love this Captain America. Also has that down dial out with. Really fun. Really huge. Uh, next up, we have the Green Lantern. Uh, Hal Jordan here, also an airman. No, I don't think he was actually in the military, but he might have been retconned to be in the military somehow, but he's got the soldier keyword, so that's cool with me. Uh, again, just a very another solid attacker. He may even be able to trump Cap as our main attacker because he does have running shot, pen blast, a farther reach, and he has that wit all for 50 points. He can also drop the green lantern, the uh, catcher's mitt, so that'll give our whole team ESD. So that means that Captain America will have combat reflexes and ESD when next to the mitt, make him quite the force to be reckoned with. It'll help all our other guys that need a little bit of uh, of support from range. We got some a lot of 17 defenses on this team, you know. And then last figure will bring us to our value corner. So Commander Steel here is 40 points. Ah, shoot, I gave it away. Normally I'm supposed to be like, oh, they do all this and all of this. Ah, Who whatever, could this fine. be? Who could this possibly be? Anyways, Commander Steel, I think for 40 points, uh, kind of the same long, along the same lines of like the thing and everything. Uh, he's got charge, super strength, also a leadership figure. So we've got four leaderships on this team. Love leadership. It's my favorite power. I love that, you know, soldier's my favorite keyword, so it works really well. Now, there's only one other wild card on this team, that being 1776, but I really like my opponent to have to make uh, tough choices. They're going to want to kill 1776, but lucky for me, I have uh, old Commander Steel here. So whenever Commander Steel is hit with a close attack, after resolutions, you deal the attacker one penetrating damage, which is really, really sweet. His trait, a simpler time, is once per turn for all characters with this trait. 
If a character uses the JSA team ability to replace their defense value with commander steals when targeted with a close attack, after resolutions deal the attacker one penetrating damage. So we can kind of make them choose. Yeah, it'll bump Spider-Man 76's defense down to a 17 from an 18, but then they have that choice of whether or not they want to try to hit a 20 from range with Etcher's Mitt, or if they just want to punch a 17, but then take a penetrating damage afterwards. So you can kind of use this stealthily. I really like Commander Steel, especially with wild cards. Uh, if he doesn't get one shot right away, he is only four clicks deep. Uh, he goes on to have a four damage with a nine attack and empower, which is just really, really nice. Uh, but I enjoy him. Uh, filler for a past team or a soldier team, I always want to try to throw on these teams just because at the very least, he'll get one penetrating damage through on your opponent and then being able to, at any point with any wild card, being able to copy him. He also has super strength, which I really, really enjoy as a power. This may not be the most useful right now, but it's still a solid power. Uh, or at least it used to be. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We're, we're a bit everywhere on super strength being useful or not. But uh, yeah, and he's uh, Stars and Stripes, red, white, and blue uh, for DC. And DC's really lacking in that era. Uh, besides Uncle Sam, Liberty Bell, and then all the steals, DC does not have a lot of uh, Stars and Stripes, Red, White, and Blue patriotic characters. So you really have to stretch for DC versus Marvel. Besides having all of Captain America, we have figures like Detroit Steel, the Amerijoy, the Captain America, Sentinel, uh, Bucky, of course. You know, like there's a lot of Stars and Stripes Marvel characters. Of course, the Red, White, and Blue Ames, you know, like all that stuff. You know, we... We have very few when it comes to DC, which is which is sad, you know. All the Captain Americas, Isaiah Bradley, blah blah blah. blah. So, yeah, this is uh, this is my 400 point fun soldier theme team. Uh, if you want to go ahead, you can swap out this Captain America with any Captain America you feel like when you want to play. Uh, same thing if you want to mess with the points a little bit. You don't want to do Colonel Stars and Stripes and Commander Steel for 140. If you want to, you can put on Uncle Sam. Uh, oh yeah, what's the whole point of Value Corner? That's right, Commander Steel. Hey, Simi. <laughs> Forgot how my my own segment worked. Yeah. Commander Steel, charge, leadership, Awood Legacy, dealing penetrating damage whenever they're attacked with a close combat attack with the JSA ability. Power, late dial, big 18 defense, defend if he doesn't get one shot. What do you think this guy, this guy is worth? Miss gracious, that's how the game, well, that's how that's how the segment goes. Yes. Yeah, keeping yes. in mind that he's only a common. <laughs> Yeah, that's correct. I'm going to assume... Let's see, let's see, let's see. I'm going to say 75 cents. Cause he's, it's a good one. Good he, was, he was a character that I actually did buy on the secondary market because I didn't buy Ooh. most of Rebirth. So I actually did buy him and then the Uncommon. There's like three versions oh, it's, it's of... Steel. Yeah, Citizen Steel and like the yeah. the Prime as well, uh, but yeah. So uh, this actually was a figure that I bought at one point, and I paid a little bit more than that because it was on release. But it would just be Steel, Steel, Citizen Steel, and yeah, Commander Steel. I think these guys are really fun. Um, yeah, so you're really close. However, we are an Abraham Lincoln and a George Washington away from the correct thing. He's only forty nine cents on Cool Stuff Inc. Uh, honestly, a really fun common figure, all the JSAR. So for 49 cents, picking one up, they have more than 12 in stock, which means they're overstocked of Commander Steel here. So I think he's really fun. 
think he's great to just toss on a team. It makes your opponent think a little bit if they want to attack somebody. Uh, it's like controlled mystics almost. So it's cool. I really dig him. So yeah, guys, that is that is my team. That is my more golden age. And that's generic gallery. And that's value corner and hidden gems all wrapped into one. So let's go ahead and move on and do some... Before we actually go into the listener questions, I do want to say, guys, speaking of generic keywords, as you know, Thursday Throwdown is coming to an end where we will only be doing it now when the latest two sets are modern and on uh, tabletop simulator. So now Thursday Throwdown won't be an every week thing. It'll be an every couple of weeks thing. So now we're trying to think of more shows to make for the Hero Clicks, uh, for, for the Hero Clicks, for our YouTube channel, the Dialy for Hero Clicks YouTube channel. So uh, I want to start filming more skits. Me and Simeon also have a ton of in-person videos planned. Weren't able to make one here in the month of June for last month. That's okay. We're going to try to get a ton filmed uh, this month. So, but basically going back to the generic thing, I want everybody to tell me right into the show you can comment on the Facebook post, on the YouTube video, whatever you're listening to. You can message us in Discord, even message us privately on Facebook if you have us as friends. But I want you guys to tell us your favorite generics of all time, all right? Golden Age, Silver Age, Modern Age, doesn't matter. Whoever you think is a great generic. So there's people like, man, I love the Outriders, or I really like the Werewolves from Spider-Man, or the Witches and Warlocks from World's Finest. What is just a really fun, cool generic that you just love? That maybe that this is the generic that you really army build. You know, I just want you guys to tell us your favorite generics, and we might, you know, might do some, might do some games, might do some things. Who knows? Who knows? But that is that is our current project. Uh, also, while I've got you stopped here, if you want to support us on Patreon, if we get up to two hundred dollars, the next extreme <laughs> rules will be a cage match. Don't know how that would possibly happen for the budget of two hundred dollars, but we'll do we'll do what we can. I, no, that's not even what two hundred dollars is. No, 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 sorry. Two hundred dollars is it'll be happening in a real wrestling ring. I, I jokingly said our thousand dollar was our cage match. Sorry guys, uh, two hundred dollars we'll do it in a like real life wrestling ring. All right, there's plenty of local wrestling. Uh, what are they called? Operations. They're called like some. There's like a word for them. Federation something. There's there's plenty of local wrestling. Uh, organizations around Omaha and the South Dakota area that we could definitely rent a wrestling ring and film uh, for the day a Extreme Rules 2. Hopefully by the time WWE Wave 2 comes out, if it ever comes out, that would be awesome. So definitely go support us on Patreon. We also have all sorts of cool stickers and tokens. I think uh, Horizon point, Fall. They're afraid of it coming out because they know that we're ready. I, I honestly, Simeon, I thought of that. I was like, what if Extreme Rules is the reason they're not tr going to release the next WWE way? They're like, legally, uh, we cannot uh, <laughs> uh, like support this, so they'll only make another one of these. Their lawyers are like, you didn't that... put, don't try this at home on the box. That's right. You did. <laughs> what if someone gets hurt? Uh, yeah, Vince McMahon should just, you always got to put that, don't try this at home. Always. For the program. Um, so yeah, for tokens for Patreon, guys, uh, a new set is coming out. It's Rise and Fall. It, when it will come out, no one knows. But I have the tokens written out. I'm going to start making designs. But we have goodie bag tokens, cake tokens, mimicry tokens, research tokens, confidence, and Shi'ar flag tokens that will all be coming out. So if you're interested in any of these characters, I will have custom tokens made 
for the Patreon. Like last time we did some House of X tokens, which were like the Unwanted Resurrection. And we also did a Future Foundation token, which was the Marquee of Death uh, False Hope token. And Marquee of Death is a, is a beast. We saw that in the last Thursday throwdown. Marquee of Death is a beast. So uh, I'm going to get these designs up. We'll also have some bystander tokens coming up soon. Me and Simeon are really proud of these designs. Once we have all the pictures we need for them, we're going to be releasing some uh, some really sweet bystander tokens, which I think are really fun. Uh, as well as we have stickers that are based on old feats and battlefield conditions, but they're using your favorite moments from the Dial H for Hero Clicks uh, universe, the, the Rowdyverse, or whatever we want to call it, the Billion Rowdyverse. Um, all sorts of really funny moments from Extreme Rules to uh, like skit videos and some stalker Facebook uh, profile picture finds that were also yeah. made in stickers, which is pretty yeah. cool. Um, so yeah, definitely check all those out. If you, I made that post on our Patreon public so that everybody could see those stickers. Big thank you to uh, Patreon member Luke, Luke, Luke for designing those for us. They're really awesome, and we just love the way it looks. A big shout out to Lucas Van Holland, Chance and Superfan Chance McCall, Kevin Nelson, and of course Matt Reed for being our highest tiered Patreon members. Thank you guys so much. Uh, and now we can go ahead and get into some listener questions. There are dozens of us. Also, when you join our Patreon, you're going to join our Discord. For even a dollar a month, you're going to join our Discord. And we have tons of fun on there. And it seems people on the Discord uh, are really relaxed, really chill. So they ask us definitely the most questions. We definitely get all sorts of different people's opinions and thoughts on asking questions. So Simeon, uh, why don't you tell us who asked us a question this week? And what is the question all about? Ooh. Huh. Yes. So this question comes from Alex, fan of banana bread. Uh, Alex right. asked pro banana bread side. <laughs> yes, team pro banana bread. Uh, <laughs> Alex said, uh, question for the show and others if you'd like. I just reread one of my favorite comic stories. Do you have any stories in any medium, whether it be comics, film, TV, games, novels, whatever, that are a more major comfort for you? Uh, for example, when I'm feeling particularly down, watching my favorite episodes of Scrubs always makes me feel better. Also, if anyone is curious, the comic story I just reread was the first two volumes of the Jason Aaron run for Doctor Strange. It just portrays magic world in such an incredible and delightful way. I'll say I haven't read this this uh, Doctor Strange run, but my favorites are when Doctor Strange likens magic to like programming language or just like mathematics of the universe kind of thing. So it's like you just have to know the right equation to do the spell kind of thing. Like the, sure. the right command prompt. Those were always I, my favorite. Uh, that was these, another cool thing about like the Doctor Strange movie where it was like, he's just like a dude, but he like studied a bunch yeah, basically. He just yeah, read yeah. a bunch, he's like studied, and then he was able to do magic. I personally... And I have to say this every time, so I'm sorry, Alex. I hate the world of magic. Any fantasy, any magic, anything, I cannot stand it. I hate magic so much. It is, it is so boring to me. Um, I like Harry Potter, get that out of my face. Lord of the Rings, got wizards, get that out of my face. Uh, anything with magic, Harry I cannot Potter. stand. The boy yeah, I, I lived. Of God, to an argument with somebody about not really an argument, but like they were like, You really don't like Harry Potter? I'm like, Yes, I can't stand those movies, they suck, they're annoying. I hate that the entire world was obsessed with them for one time, and I'm glad that no one cares. And no, I do not care what your house is, never tell me what your house is. I literally 
one time at work, I overheard someone talking about. I'm Gryffindor, Calder. Yeah, yeah, they were like, oh, I'm, you're such a Slytherin. What was your house? Oh my gosh, I'm a Gryffindor. That makes us like besties. Or like, not really. I think it's like Hufflepuff and Gryffindor are besties. I hate that I know that. Brains out. Um, I think Calder like, like, is I probably a Gryffindor. So but bad. right now, he's acting like a real Slytherin, if you know what I acting mean. Acting like a real Slytherin, you shut up. Anyways, uh, Simeon, <laughs> uh, to make the question a little more hero push related, we added, uh, what's your, like, a figure you seem to go back to and build teams around? So, right. uh, let's do, like, a little back and forth here, clicks, comics, film, whatever, and answer all these aspects of this question here. Because it is a good question. As much as I hate magic, it is a good question. Okay, so... I don't have a comic that I necessarily like reread, but I will say Transmet Transmetropolitan, uh, that comic series was a really good read, and I don't know, it, it I'm not gonna say like it like uplifted my spirits or anything like that, but it was just like so uh, imaginative and fun that I thought it was like a really good read. Um, Honestly, like, when Marvel tries to make, like, really fun comics when they did Wolverine in the X-Men and then Spider-Man in the X-Men, I, like, I always just, like, I'm like, I see through your ploy to try and make me think this is fun, Marvel. You're a big mm. company and you can't make me laugh. I mean, it's an artist and a writer. It's not, like, the, the conglomerative corporation doing it. But yeah. I always don't find those comics nearly as... Uh, funny or fun or whatever um not that i don't dislike marvel comics i just for some reason i shy away from those when it comes to like my favorites oh sure i got you um on the opposite end my favorite comic to read is a marvel comic um when i first got into comics i didn't buy a lot of single issues because i um I didn't live in a town with a comic book store i lived in towns that maybe had like antique stores so like that's where i would get my single issues and then we went to town because my parents were heavily against taking me to a comic book store because that's the way they were. Uh, we would, however, go to Barnes & Noble. And what was that Barnes & Noble, Simeon? Trade paperbacks. That's right. Full <laughs> trades. So yeah. I, uh, the trade that is in the worst shape because I read it so much is Fear Itself. I love, and I mean love, 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 the core story, Fear Itself. Don't. Give me any of that extra story BS, and I don't care about it. The core story is very much focused on Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man. And to me, it was a story that gave me the biggest basis for Captain America, for his values, for um, him as a character, and, and like what that means. So Captain America goes from being Steve Rogers in the story, because Bucky is currently Cap right in the story, right? Um, so he goes from Steve Rogers to, like... And he, he gets a, a low. It starts the story off, there's a riot. He gets hit in the head at the brick. He can't control it. Fear is just overtaking the city, and it's slowly starting to overtake, right? So he's just like, we just got to let the people get out of their system. There's nothing we can do. We're too far too far gone, basically. So it's it's really cool seeing it that way. So he's defeated in the in the early like part of it. He gets defeated by a random person with a, with a brick. You know, it shows that human aspect of Steve Rogers. And then it moves on, and Cap doesn't have the shield yet, but he is now dressed as Captain America, and he's got an M16. He jumps out of the plane, and he's shooting at, I don't know, who's this, Cole Borson? Was that the black-haired guy? I think, yeah, Cole Borson. Yeah. Like, the, there are figures with the name, like Noel and Cole Borson and, like, the Serpent, but he's kind of like all those people, if that makes sense. So he kind of, like, changes as the story goes along. 
first he's like really old and he's kind of like normal age and he's whatever um but yeah so he goes against that uh i believe he does have the shield with him but he starts like with a gun and i don't know sometime in here like bucky died or whatever so he's captain america again that's all that matters um and then he chucks the shield and cole says some magic words and he like breaks it in half and then you that's where you see that really famous picture of captain america with his suit all ripped up with like holding the pieces of the shield on the ground and he's on his knees and, like that's very powerful so now that tool that captain america has used all his life is now also broken so it's trying to the story really tries to break each character it, it goes into more about thor and iron man and how they have struggles but obviously being captain america fan i'm biased and of course it ends with uh it doesn't end but this is the high point where captain america after all these setbacks all these losses uh is now just going back to using guns again he sees outside of bronx and oklahoma there are some locals that have made a militia uh using their right to bear arms and everything and he's like well if you're gonna fight you better fight because evil's coming and then he's like whatever like i ain't afraid of nothing you son of a you know he, yeah, it's really cool. Like, Captain America, and he's got, like, boom, shotgun, bang, muzzle loader, and you see, like, this pile of robot bodies, Asgardian troll bodies, and, like, all this other stuff, the war bots and everything. He's just taking them out, stacking up a pile. That's, like, the most iconic, like, moment to me from this comic. Maybe a slightly more iconic one comes later, but for me, it's this one. He's bang, bang, bang. It's just awesome. I love it. And then, of course, finally, Thor dies when uh, he kills the serpent at the same time he has to sacrifice himself. And then he drops Mjolnir, and Captain America says, you know, he knew it. And this is the second time Captain America picks up Mjolnir in comics, and he says, we're all Avengers. I says it to, like, a citizen guy who we've sort of been following throughout the show. And then, yeah, he picks up Mjolnir, he says, Avengers Assemble, and that's, like, one of the most beautiful panels in comics to me. I really love that panel as well. Um, that's because, you know, Mjolnir isn't, like, who's good, because, like, Thor is, like, of a d-bag a lot of the time kind of a jerk you know so i wouldn't say mjolnir is like a a good person compass but uh thor always has like the true heart of a warrior and to me that's what mjolnir is that's when you have the true heart of a warrior uh because mjolnir has been picked up by some pretty evil people before so mjolnir is definitely not like a good compass that people seem to use it as so people stop using it that way uh mjolnir to be worthy is just like to have the heart of the warrior like whatever it is that's how i always felt of it as and people can argue with me that's fine um, but that's like really awesome and then of course at the end of the story uh iron man repairs captain america's shield in the uru forge and it's supposed to have kind of a scar on it where like iron man wasn't able to buff out all the damage but of course everybody has ignored that since then because they're not going to keep that continuity with the shield being broken but uh, yeah, that was my big like five, six minute rant on why I love Fear Itself. But I'll, I'll reread that story tons of times. Fear Itself is such an awesome story. But uh, It is. Uh, to bring it's it back everything. to HeroClix, Simeon, what is a figure you seem to uh, build a lot with or like to go back to? Okay. As far as HeroClix goes, um, a so it's a very short list of figures that I continually will go back and build with every now and then. Sometimes adding... Eh, new stuff, because, no, I really haven't done that in, like, the last at least five years, I don't think. Um, but definitely, like, trying to, like, retrofit different, like, s aspects on the team and stuff. And that team is Alpha Flight, and I always build it with the same uh, 001 Wolverine from the Wolverine in the X-Men set. He starts with a 12 attack. If you use the Guardian from Iron Man, Invincible Iron Man set, it bumps him up to a 13 attack which is pretty sweet. Uh, still loses most of the time rather than winning, 
but uh, it's just a, a really fun team, and it's got all the right synergy, all the right synergy, all the right like components that you would look for in a real solid team. It's just always an uphill battle, and I really love that aspect of it. For whatever reason, there's just not quite. I mean, it's like stats and uh, age, and you know, just like you know, not quite like you know all the filled out traits and stuff like that. It just right. doesn't have quite the oomph that it really needs but it has all the right synergy to make a really solid team and it's such a small pool of figures to pull from that whenever you play it it's using the similar like figures over and over again so i really like that um that wolverine really isn't like my favorite one by far but in the context of alpha flight it's my favorite wolverine for that specific team because it's just such an iconic piece. And again, Guardian giving him like a 13 attack top dial is just like that puts fear in the hearts of your opponent. And that's really solid yeah, for awesome. me. All right, uh, a figure I always build a lot with is the uh, zombie Red Skull. When this figure got previewed, uh, let's just say it meant a lot to me at the time when I saw this figure that like really brightened my day. So I was super excited when I saw it, because I was already, like, a huge Marvel Zombies fan. That was, like, another, like, comic series that I would, like, buy a ton of. Like, I, I own all the Marvel Zombies omnibuses or whatever. Maybe not some of the newer stuff, but, like, I just I love the comic series. I love the idea of Marvel Zombies. thought it was really fun. Um, and I played the heck out of the Zombie Red Skull on a Z-Virus team, on a monster team, uh, mostly on Hydra teams. I loved building Hydra with this dude. Uh, Red Skull... I don't know if you have him pulled up or whatever, but uh, man, he is not worth 120 points or whatever he's worth. It's really bad. He is, uh, yeah, 120 for a uh, full dial, no reducer. Uh, the Phoenix Force was my go-to resource of the time, so I would always give this dude Colossus or I would just leave Colossus on the resource and give this guy something else. But yeah, dude, like Red Skull, he's not good. He's not good, but uh, I loved playing him, especially with the um, Deadpool LE Wolverine, because uh, he made Hydra team ability um, for close instead of range, which just made more sense with that Wolverine and with this Red Skull. So yeah, I would play two of those 90-point Wolverines and then this Red Skull for a 300-point team. Not a good 300-point team, mind you, uh, but a really fun one. So yeah, I, uh, I super, super enjoyed playing this red skull a lot next up we could do uh whatever's good you want to do like um a movie what's your go-to movie you're just like bored yeah. want to watch something or it's like man i haven't seen this in a long time so my go-to movie is always um let's see i'll say i'll say mood indigo but i actually have like Damn. a few different ones because mood indigo it's a yeah it's a it's a foreign film i'm not being like artsy or whatever it's just a really good story told really well um and i can't remember the name of the other one emily M emily i think it's called emily but it's spelled in a way that i can't really assure that's how it's pronounced uh but they're both just like they're not like these big expansive plots they're just like a very close you know, close to a certain person 
uh, like story of like their life, like you know, from like a a month perspective or like a series of month perspectives, or you know, like whatever. But it's just a very close yeah. uh, storyline, and you don't need like this big uh, explosive event or anything like crazy happening. Really, it's just like a very personal, interesting story. And it's just kind of like nice to watch, although Mood Indigo is pretty depressing towards the end. It starts mm. off really, really fun and uh, really interesting. Um, Wes Anderson, those are uh, so he didn't he didn't direct Mood Indigo, but Wes Anderson films would be my other go tos. Oh. And uh, there's tons of those. Uh, Fantastic really Mr. Like Fox. His, um... Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Those are the exact two I was going to say, man. Yeah. Those are great. I love yeah, those, those ones. Those are great. Life Aquatic is really good. Um, Grand Budapest Hotel is like one of my personal favorites. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's just, again, it's like very personal stories with very human characters. Uh, I mean, Fantastic Mr. Fox being a bunch of animals that kind of makes that statement ironic. But still, like even like with Fantastic Mr. Fox, where all these characters are like animals, you get these very humanist, humanistic like traits bleeding through all the time. Yeah, uh, everyone oh, has yeah. different motivations. They wear like clothes and stuff too, which makes it a little easier to. Uh, right. Yeah. Make them more humanistic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, those are I don't know. Those are just good movies in general. So I suppose they're good to watch at any point. Okay, right on. Uh, my go-to is always Army of Darkness. It is a action movie, a comedy, horror movie. It's it's all of them rolled into one. It's fun. It's cheesy. It's great. It's just it's great. Army of Darkness cannot be beat. It's also a bit of a romance story in there. So really, it's it's really the catch-all for storytelling. Uh, Bruce Campbell, obviously amazing. I don't, I don't I don't even need to go into that much. You know, Army of Darkness, but yeah, Army of Darkness has always been my go-to whenever I need to watch it. I can always tell when it's been like. Man, it's been more than six or seven months since I've seen Army of Darkness. What the heck is wrong with me? Oh, yeah. Uh, games. Do you have any video games or just games in general that are your uh, that you go back to every once in a while, Simeon? Or you find yourself going back oh, to? Oh man, honestly, uh, not really. Uh, there's there's games okay. that I've gone back to over the years, um, but when it comes to like video games, I pretty much like once I've dropped something I might go back to it once or twice the one exception I will say um, of course like the GTA franchise always had like infinite replayability and to go along with that the like the Saints Row franchise like I found myself probably like five years ago going back to uh, like Saints Row 2 over and over again because they it was one of the last games that I had where they still had fully like free and interesting cheat codes where they actually did something in game. Uh, nowadays, most cheat codes are either disabled or they're like part of a DLC pack or something weird like that, or they just don't exist in a lot of games. But um, the cheat codes in Saints Row 2, you could turn on like aggressive driving and then turn off or turn like gravity down low or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but essentially you turned like this, uh, sandbox 
whatever criminal simulator into a like dodge cars in slow motion kind of game so uh, you, would, yeah. you would jump really high but literally every car would like any car that was rendered on the map would find you and try to smash you as best it could so you would jump really high and slowly fall and you had to try and like run away from the cars it made it into a completely different game and it was extremely enjoyable uh, yeah. the main game not as much but that's a completely different story uh yeah i the only game i've like replayed recently would have been the mass effect uh trilogy and that's just really weird because the games were made so far apart the first mass effect game is almost a completely different game than the second and third one um and then the second one's slightly different than the third but like they're still like close enough where it's like oh okay it's just like updated but yeah, the first one is, it's like, well, I don't have like half of the things that I used to do as things that I have to do now. It's so weird. But yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, a go-to game I have, and this is sadly a game you can't buy anymore because Telltale not only went under, but was in some scrutiny. So you can't like buy, I don't think you can buy any Telltale games anymore on like a digital platform but i think 90 percent of their games are like digital so uh but poker night of the inventory i know simeon's been talking about his love for poker and all that stuff recently um but before simeon even knew what poker was no just kidding uh but i i really enjoy the poker night of the inventory games um because one of my other favorite games team fortress 2 uh back in on a 2011 or something like that there was a poker night game where you played it and you could win tf2 items uh, by playing that game, which is really cool. And, th like, that game got me into... Um, I'm trying to remember who all was in it. It was Sam from Sam and Max, some blonde dude from Penny Arcade, and then Strong Bags. Like, that game got me into, like, Homestar Runner. And then the second game came out, Poker Night of the Inventory 2, which is the one I really play the most nowadays. Um, that's the game that, like, came out in 2013. That's the one that actually got me into Evil Dead, Army of Darkness, and all that stuff, because Ash is a character in the game you play against... Um, Brock and then Claptrap. So Brock from Venture Bros. I watched the first five episodes of Venture Bros. And I was like, this really sucks. So I never picked that up again. Um, wasn't for me. Just I, I don't like adult animation. Nine times out of ten. Archer, Family Guy, any of that stuff. I do not care for adult animation. It's very boring to me. And their jokes are always terrible. Um, but yeah, like those Poker Night games got me into like some of my favorite things. So I, I'll go back through and I'll play Poker Night 2 quite a bit because I still need to make like, a, I don't know, a million dollars or something like that in Poker Night 2 to get like the last achievement. And that's not happening anytime soon with like my luck of poker. So yeah. Um, what was the last one? Oh, TV show. Like a TV show you always seem to go back and watch. So TV show is pretty easy because there's only been a handful that I've actually like watched multiple times and also paid attention to them while i was watching because uh, i'll rewatch episodes and series with it like playing in the background but um the stargate star trek any like star well even like star wars i've rewatched clone wars multiple times um really that's a long it's a long show to rewatch man. yeah it is it is yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah star trek is an easy show to uh try to have on in the background and then you'll hear someone say something like just completely wacky and you'll be like what and you like have to pay attention for a while to try and figure yeah. out what they're talking about um stargate is kind of like a procedural uh 
uh, let's explore a planet show, but they didn't need the the ships for it, so they saved a bunch of money on like that kind of CGI, and they were able to do more interesting monsters for the time, or not monsters, sorry, they're aliens. Um, also, they Stargate did one of the best workarounds of having humans on other planets by like humans being a slave race in ancient times that aliens came and like harvested. Because shows like Star Trek, a lot of times they'll show up to a planet and be like, ah, humans. <laughs> like, they don't call them humans. They'll be like, ah, yes, the far reaches of space where plain white people exist. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, how is this oh your gosh. alien race? This could be like crazy. an amorphous, like, gas blob. But instead, it's, you know, just a normal looking dude. Uh, yeah. Or sometimes, you know, normal looking dude with like extra ear or antenna on his forehead or something. Mm. Um, so I appreciate Star Trek finding a cleverer way around that. And uh, similarly, Doctor Who, always like really interesting sci fi kind of characters and stuff going on in that. Um, the history aspects of Doctor Who are like hit or miss, but the future episodes are always really fun for me. What the history aspects of Doctor Who are hit or miss? What do you mean, bro? What are you talking about? I... Van Gogh totally painted a picture of the TARDIS <laughs> exploding, bro. What are you talking about? Winston Churchill was totally in on the Dalek War. I don't know if they'd be even doing that show anymore, but yeah, bro, what are you talking about? That's pretty much it, yeah, yeah. Impossible, impossible. And I only know that because I watched like two episodes yeah, of Doctor World Who. World War One. The there was a, a child, uh, nightmare turning other people into gas mask yes. zombies yeah exactly Good episode. super accurate to history bro nobody uh, wrote right. about it so it was forgotten i uh have a quick show um it's a anime i know guys sorry uh but it's gurren lagan and by that i mean the first seven episodes of gurren lagan whenever i'm feeling like down in the dumps or whatever i'll turn that show on watch the first seven episodes um heck i might even skip the like the seventh episode i only watched the first six um but yeah like that that show gets me pumped up that show gets me excited kamina is an electrifying character um and simone is also there i guess uh so yeah like just a super awesome character that always gets me jazzed like that's that's my hype up show right there so i, I super duper enjoy uh Grim Logon. and that is i believe it for the questions unless you have a novel um a book you like to read if you read books you know if you're a book person i i read books i don't hardly ever reread books i'll yeah, read read short stories and like horror stories and stuff but hardly ever do i get through like an anthology or like a series or whatever and be like oh you know mm -hmm. what dune would be a good thing to slog through again like even oh even like harry potter i could never imagine i i read it when it originally came out i could never imagine going back and going through that again because to be fair i was in like a completely different space and like time at that point so i just have no reason to try and slog through all, all that again i remember sure. it fairly well uh yeah, it's it's just different enough that I, I don't feel like I need to go through it again. Yeah. The 
only book I've read twice, I, th- I think, was uh, Farewell to Arms by Ernest Hemingway. That's the only book I've read twice. So I guess th- I guess that one. Um, it's a fairly, I mean, he writes dialogue really well, in my opinion. I think Ernest Hemingway writes the best dialogue, the uh, terrible drunkard that he was. Uh, I think he writes good dialogue, though. Uh, so yeah, um, thank you, Alex, for the questions. And that is, uh, oh no, how could I? How wrong of me? Simon, you got something to tell me. You got a, a tip of the week. Adjust the tip of the week, if you would. You're on this council. But we do not grant you the rank of master. What? How can you do this? This is outrageous. It's unfair. How can you be on the council and not be a master? Take a seat. Young Calder Ness. Anyways. Um, yeah, let's, let's skirt past that as fast as we can. Quick, I mean, quick, go. All right, so some people call it the pinch. We're going to call it the double character block. Uh, this Is that really what you could come up with? We gave you a lot of time uh, yeah, to come I, up with something, and that's what we got, the double I, character block. The double character ah, dang. Block, blocky right. block. The blocky block with uh, Plastic it. Man. Uh, mm. Oh, wait, Plastic Man's a character. Mm. Uh, uh, Factory-formed character. Yeah, perfect. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So typically referred yeah, to perfect. as The Pinch Online, which so fun. Such a good such a good title. I'm sorry we can't think it. of anything better. But this is when two characters are diagonally, so let's say two friendly characters are diagonally adjacent to each other. And then a third opposing character is adjacent to both of those characters. That character's line of fire is then blocked through the adjacency of the two characters. Think of this as either barrier, like those two friendly characters that I initially mentioned, as like two barrier blocks when you're thinking about this on the field. Um, If your character wouldn't be able to see through that, I mean, and this is negating if they have a special targeting through characters or anything like that. But if your character wouldn't be able to see through barrier or through walls, then they won't be able to see through the adjacency of two other characters. And this doesn't have to be, the first two characters don't have to be friendly characters. This is any characters. Any characters that are jumbled up will screw up your line of fire and you won't be able to target or do anything to somebody that's beyond those characters. However, in this diagonal formation where we're picturing a, a square above, a square below, and then a square to the right of the one above. Um, I could have just drawn this out in like MS Paint, and it would have been fine for those YouTubers who are mm-hmm. still looking at Gurren Lagan now. Uh, but oh, good. Good. <laughs> at least there's that. Um so the square above, square below, and square to the right of the one above, all adjacent. If the square that is on top and to the left of the one to the right tries to target down and to the right, there, let's say there's a fourth character now. 
they can punch that character, but they can't draw a line of fire. So you can punch to adjacency. You cannot draw yes. a line of fire to adjacency automatically, yeah. though. It's a very hard thing to yeah. wrap your so head around, we, but once yeah, it's done, cut it's it, done. Cut it up into a square. You know, if there are two diagonal people there and two other people on the same diagonal want to punch each other, you totally can. If in that same square, the two people that are diagonal uh, and you replace the two people that are also diagonal. Uh, see, even when I try to do it, it's sounding like clear as mud, too. This is this is a hard thing. This line of fire is very difficult to talk over an audio format. Uh, thankfully, we're also a video format and using that to the best of our ability. Uh, <laughs> um, basically, yes, if you I, have pulled two up, squares... I pulled up a tic-tac-toe board. Uh, good, good, Simeon, good. Uh, those two squares have elevated that normally it would be a direct diagonal to you and the other character along the direct diagonal. Since there are two squares of elevated like that, and you're more or less in that kind of weird square, um, because that doesn't have a, a solid line, you know, even though it has like that little little red little square on the map, that solid face of it. And even though if a building was totally built like that, you could totally shoot this person. You cannot, though there's elevated in the way. So if you don't have ignores elevated, those two pieces of elevated would be blocking your line of fire to somebody at a lower elevation. Yes. If that makes sense. <laughs> That's the best way I could try to think of explaining this. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yikes. So for those watching on YouTube, uh, this X can punch this X, but can't see it. This mm. circle can punch this yes. X but can't see it. Uh, so yeah, whenever there's two squares that are occupied, imagine it like barrier. That's the easiest way. Uh, as long as yeah. you're not considering the whole aspect of like my character can target through barrier, like improve targeting, that kind of stuff. As long as you're not considering those aspects, just consider it like barrier. Um, except you can punch, so it's slightly different. Uh, and with that, that's that's the tip of the week. That's the very well-worded tip of the week. Um, yeah, that'll be the end of the show. So everybody have a safe and happy 4th of July weekend, as this was our, our pseudo 4th of July-themed uh, podcast. I guess by the time you listen to this, it will probably be over. So we'll upload this, like, Saturday or Sunday. So who knows? Who knows? That was a good tip. And with that... We will just say that Dial H for Heroclix is, once again, brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day, including the latest Heroclix singles and sealed products. And WizKids assures us that uh, Rise and Fall will be there sometime. They don't know when, but, you know, they're sure trying. Uh, they, they definitely got those previews out, so, I mean, uh, hop to it, guys. The set should be out by now. Uh, but yeah, it'll it'll be up on CoolStuffInc.com, so check it out when it's there. One last thing before we go. We've got a quick PSA before we wrap the show completely up. So as you guys know, we'd like to joke around and keep it pretty light on the show normally. And because of that, we don't usually make statements that are like super literal or serious. Uh, we tend to shy away from any serious topics. Uh, and because the Heroclix community is so diverse and it's honestly a pretty welcoming and good community for everyone overall, uh, it's pretty friendly in my experience, my personal experience. Uh, 
it's never really been something that we felt like we needed to say on the podcast. But at the same time, it uh, can't hurt to let everyone know where we stand on it. So just so everyone knows, here on Dial H, we accept and appreciate everyone. Uh, the only prejudices that we have on Dial H are against little plastic figures and their respective cards. So if prejudice isn't an issue in Heroclix, you might be wondering, uh, why are we talking about it now? And that's a good question. I think the only reason why we are saying, making a statement now is because it just never hurts to let people know where we stand. Uh, all hobbies have a variety of people in them, and uh, Heroclix is no exception. Uh, but we appreciate all of you, almost all of you. Uh, maybe not Chance McCall, but everyone else we appreciate. Um, and be good to each other. That's all. Like always, happy trails. So if you're looking for emotional satisfaction, my advice to you is seek professional hero clicks. No. Are you serious? Again? How many people even play this game? Like the hundred? Instant deadpan humor. Oh, how do six yeah. people think I am funny? It's the hard day's work. Not that you know anything about that. Which absolute fools. It's not witcher nonsense. I'm gonna make hero clicks like that forever. Are you kidding me? Okay, Google, back some. Let's attack Jimmy because he's a jerk. Wow, wow, wow.